Thanks for coming in. It's fine. Really appreciate it. Uh, tell us, you're at the Anglican Church. Yes. So, where's, where's that? So I'm part of the Anglican Church that's actually just down the street. If you walk up to uni here, you've probably walked past it a thousand times. Um, it's uh, Holy Trinity in Keck Street. Uh, has two other centres attached to it as well, um, and which are out of Stratfield, say, and in another part in East Bendigo. So that's the church I'm part of. Yep. And yep. tell us about your family. Family. I'm married to uh, the most wonderful woman in the world, Karen. Uh, so I meant to say that, and it's, it's very accurate. Uh, so, uh, so Karen, I might argue with that. <laughs> you. Might, and, that's, and that's what you're meant to do too. So uh, Karen and I have been married for um, 20, almost 23 years, and we have two boys, John or Jonathan. Um, he is in first year uni down in Melbourne studying arts after doing a gap year. And um, and Matt is just finishing year ten mm. down at BSC. Okay. Street. Cool. And how long have you been in Bendigo? I've been in Bendigo almost eight years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do before ministry? Before ministry. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've been in ministry uh, for about eighteen years as what we call an ordained minister in the Anglican Church. As soon as I finished uni, I actually. Uh, went and did youth work. What did you do at uni? Uh, I did natural resources at UNE okay. up in Armidale, so environmental science, um, before it was trendy, um, <laughs> and um, s- sort of studied wildlife management and then went into youth work, which I thought was a beautiful segue. into. Um, but then in between youth work and becoming a minister, I actually worked on cotton farms and wheat farms in yeah. northern New South Wales. So I used to drive tractors. I used to go round and round circles and up and down <laughs> yeah, and do all those sorts of things. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you tell us, how did you become a Christian? Oh, um, I'm one of those kids whose mum dropped them off at Sunday school <laughs> and then never went to church. Yep. So, um, and so I, I just got dropped off at Sunday school and I just kept going to Sunday school. And this is in Western Sydney. I used to live in Western Sydney. Um, and then I went to youth group. It was a massive youth group. I think there was three of us, um, sometimes four. And, um, and then getting close to about finishing year 12, somewhere in year 11, year 12, I, I, can't, I don't have a day, but I've got a period of time. Yep. I suddenly realised... I've got to get serious about this. So that's basically when I became a Christian in that period. Then I went to UNE up in Armidale, and that's where um, I just grew in faith. There's a chapel up there at the university, and it was just just such a great uh, place to just grow in my faith. And, yeah. So from that's my story. Great. Thanks. Uh, well, we're going to hear from you for a bit. Yep. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Um, thank you for. Uh, Inviting me along. I'm just going to put this down a smidgen. Um, I was um, thinking that the topic... Oh, boy, I'd love to have spoken on that passage. Um, the, um, I, I love thinking about the Scriptures when it has to do with death. And here's, here's something you can take away, and it's got nothing to do with what I want to talk about tonight. But um, um, I reckon the Bible is tantalisingly vague on the last day. And what I mean by that is there is enough information there that you will know, as um, Steve said, it is coming. 
And you, you'll know that for sure. There's a, there's a great old song that we sing at our church. Um, it's a very old hymn from the 1800s, but it's got a new tune now and all the oldies don't like it, um, called Glorious Day. Look it up. And, um, and it's, it's, it's going to be a glorious day. There's, but it's tantalisingly vague how it's going to happen. You know, the thief in the night, people meeting in the air. How will everyone know at the same time? <laughs> you know, it's, don't know. I don't know that part but I know for sure. It's tantalisingly vague. Um, but I wanted, uh, I've been asked to come and speak to you about staying on track and I guess I, I, I sort of was thinking about looking at the passages you were looking at and um, what the people who have probably come in before me have said and I didn't necessarily want to go over the same ground. I'm, I was assuming, and I, I think I ended up being fairly correct because Steve gave me a bit of insight, that you know uh, some of them would have said things like, you know, remember the gospel, say faithful to the gospel. Um, uh, you know, you've been given one another, the body of Christ type sort of thing helps in staying on track. Um, uh, keep reading God's word, being prayerful and such like that. And you know what I want to say to all that? Amen. Amen. Yep, I, I would have said... All those things too, and still would. But I actually wanted to take a slightly different track, just to, I guess, maybe encourage you. And it comes from the idea of staying on track in ministry. Because if, if you guys are growing in your faith here, if you're coming to understand the Scriptures, and if you're being taught leadership, then you are going to be involved in ministry in some way. No, maybe not what we call ordained ministry, but we're all ministers of the Gospel. So how do you stay on track in ministry, wherever that might be and whatever that might look like? And I actually, because th- it, it infers the idea, the staying on track, that there's a continuity, to keep going. And I wonder if, though, we have a blind spot. And I get that image because I'm teaching my youngest son at the moment to drive. I, I spend a lot of time in the university car park at the moment teaching my son to drive because there's less cars to hit. And, um, and one of the first things I do to him is I say, buddy, because I drive a uh, silver Commodore SV6 and the Commodores have got these huge pillars coming down. I said, mate, you've got a blind spot there. You need to know about your blind spot. And, and a car can disappear in that spot. And I wonder sometimes if staying on track in ministry, there's a blind spot for us too. And to use another car analogy, um, for those of you who... Uh, did anyone watch that race on Sunday? Yep. Yeah. Uh, an almost eight-hour race, and I saw five minutes of it. And most of that five minutes, they were sitting on the... In the it was the middle of the day, so they were, they'd red-flagged the race. I didn't see the last hour, but I know how it finished. And we know how it finished, don't we, that race in Bathurst? Uh, probably the best car at the time... Um, people will argue about the best driver at the time. On the last lap is coming first. And where did he end up? No, fifth. He ended up fifth. Why? He ran out of fuel. <laughs> he ran out of fuel and he just, he actually just rolled over the finish line. That's what happened. So at the start of the first lap, the last lap, he was first and then he rolled over the finish line. And I actually wonder if there's an aspect where our blind spot is that we may um, uh, be running out of fuel. Let me explain what I mean by that. I give thanks to God for all his good gifts. We did that earlier this, tonight when we gave thanks for the food that we're about to share. 
We give thanks for what God has done for us in Christ. We give thanks for the body of Christ and the encouragement we can be to each other. But do we sometimes forget this blind spot? This? Do you realise that our wonderful creator, as it says in Genesis, takes dust and breathes life into it? That, that, our, that our actual very bodies are actually a great gift from God. Do you, do you marvel at them? I do. I just marvel at how our bodies work. It's a great gift from God. And I wonder if sometimes we forget and we, and we, we just treat it in such a way that it actually will end up hand, handicapping our ministry and staying on track. And in fact, actually, the scriptures talk about that we actually worship God with our bodies. And it's more than just lifting our hands if we're the sort of person that likes to lift our hands or using our voices to sing or speak or whatever. Um, let me give you a couple of very quick examples. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. The Apostle Paul says to uh, offer our bodies, ourselves, as living sacrifices. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul again says that we're to honour God with our bodies. Uh, Jesus, great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Basically, <coughs> yourself, which includes your bodies. Uh, the fourth commandment, which is... <laughs> no, that's the fifth. No, so, sorry, so what would you say? Rest on the Sabbath? Yes, rest on the Sabbath. Six days shall you labour and do all that you have to do for the seventh day is the Sabbath for the Lord your God and you shall do nothing on that day. Rest. From the very beginning, God said, hey, rest. And even Jesus took his disciples, you'll read through the, through the Gospels, that they, they went out and did mission work and they come back and what does he do? He takes them to a quiet place to rest and refresh. And Jesus went away into quiet places too to refresh I actually think staying on track in ministry will definitely involve being prayerful. It will definitely involve reading the scriptures and knowing the scriptures. It will definitely involve witnessing and all those things. That will definitely be part of staying on track in ministry. But if our bodies give up, how are you going to continue? And before that, it will actually seriously handicap your ministry. Um, I, I guess I get this a lot from... Um, personal experience. So I've, I've been in ministry for a while now and I work on a team and, and I know a lot of people who are involved in ministry. That's, that's their, their, um, what they're committed to. And there's a lot of pressures in ministry. Even if you're involved in lay ministry, so you, know, you might be working um, in, a, in a job during the week but you're heavily involved in your church, there is a lot of pressures there's spiritual pressures, there's, there's the people's needs, there's time, there's stress, there's emotions. And I don't have to explain to those of you who are involved in the health industry or studying to be involved in the health industry, you know, that the spiritual and the emotional and the physical, they're all, they're all connected, aren't we? That, that's the way God has created us. So why do we handicap ourselves sometimes? Why is it that we, we don't take care of ourselves in order to stay on track in ministry. I see it um, so often where 
people will burn the candle at both ends, to use that old saying, and they won't take care of themselves. Now, I don't, I don't need to tell you how to do it. You know, you know what it involves. It's um, uh, eat well, sleep well, exercise well, leisure, you know, manage stress well, keep an active mind, all those sorts of things. But actually, do we not only worship God with our lives and taking care of this great gift that he's given us, but do we also sometimes hamper and handicap our ministry because we can't handle when someone comes to us and is in need or when we have an opportunity because our bodies are actually shutting down. Um, let me also give you another byproduct of it. Uh, for me... Um, I'm very aware that as I get a little bit older, um, that I I need to take care of myself because otherwise I just can't I can't do what it is that God's called me to do. But you know I, I so the thing that I do I used to be able to play rugby union and cricket and hockey and all those other things I don't get a chance to do that anymore. So for me it's the gym I go to the gym, and the byproduct is this. Guess where my mission field is. It's the gym, because that's where I go, where I meet people who don't know Christ. So there's a byproduct to even looking after myself. Um, if our whole life is worship, then it will include every part of us, including are we good stewards of everything that God has given us? And will we not allow our lives and our lifestyles to um, hinder Staying on track for Christ. There you go. There's a, something you may not have thought that I might say. I said to Steve, I, I might say something a little bit different, a little bit radical. And I'm happy for people to shoot questions back at me or to charge me with heresy. <laughs> so, questions? Comments? Did you, by experience, go through a stage where you didn't look after your body and saw those consequences? Definitely, great question. Yes, I did. Um, there, there was a time when I was not looking after myself and the phone would ring and I, I was in a bad place. I was in a really bad place. I wasn't looking after myself. And it was affecting me emotionally and spiritually, the whole lot. And the phone would ring and I wouldn't want to answer it because I just couldn't deal with what was going to be on the other end of that line. Yeah. So I just couldn't deal with it. And so it took me a chance to just pull back, get myself back into a better place, look after myself, soak myself again in scripture and prayer, but also be alert enough to be able to do it too. So. Can I ask you a question, Greg? Yeah, go for it. Um, you mentioned that you have a difficulty we might find doing that is people's perception. So, you know, you're a minister, you know, Greg should be out meeting people, reading Bible with people, praying with people. Mm-hmm. He's going to the gym, like, and he's kicking the footy with his kids. Um, how do you do with that kind of perception of people and looking after yourself under God? Uh, simply, I say to them, um, I need to keep, well, this is something a bit different answers. I need to, to be able to keep reading the Bible with people and I need to continue to be able to encourage people and so on and so forth. So if I'm not looking actually after myself, mm. I'm not going to be able to do it. And, you know, I, I will be running myself into the ground. Um, and um, and I want to be here for the long run unless Jesus comes back, which could be perhaps t- tonight. Um, 
But the other thing too is, was that whole byproduct thing too. The, the places you get involved in then, you know, like kicking, kicking the footy with your kids and being down the park and the people you meet and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah, Amy. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty stressed in my ministry at the moment too, actually. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting that I saw t- two things. God said, take a break. Six days, so you labour. Take a break. <laughs> so don't beat yourself up if you need to take a break. Um, and I saw it, and I see Jesus doing the same thing. He took breaks. Um, and so you, know, you guys know all the study tips and, you know, to, you know Study hard for a while and then take a break, get up, walk around, go around the block, whatever it is, if it's physical like that. Um, I guess it's, it's permission to be good to yourself. Does that make sense? Permission to be good to yourself um, and enjoy the good opportunities that God has given you to. Like God has so graciously given us a country in which we are you know, reasonably safe to walk around the block. So enjoy that and um, give thanks for that too, as you do. So, yeah. Did that help? Yeah. Some, of, some of this you might be thinking, you know what, ah, I'm 20, I'm 22, I'm going to live to I'm 122. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you want to get to 122, <laughs> yeah. Can I pray for these guys, though? Before yes. I go, I was going to ask if someone wanted to pray for you. Oh, I'm happy for them to do that and then pray. Would, for... would someone like to pray for Greg and his ministry? Thanks, Tarek. Heavenly Father, you see all and you're above all, um, and currently you see us gathered here today, um, and you see uh, Steve. And Pastor Greg up there, um, and thank you for Pastor Greg. Thank you that uh, he's committed himself to serving you full time uh, in his parish of Holy Trinity and South East Bendigo. And Lord, uh, it's it's not easy uh, being a, a pastor. Uh, lots of stress, lots of pressure, and I pray that uh, you will continue to look after him and. And keep him going uh, when it's really stressed and really hard, um, that he might uh, be a, a strength to others as well um, in uh, leading people to you for your glory. And I pray that uh, his ministry would never deviate from uh, your glory as being the ultimate goal of everything he does. And thank you so much for the encouragement that he's had for us today. Um, bless him and keep him. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Father, I so graciously thank you for these brothers and sisters that I've met tonight. And uh, Lord, I thank you for their faith and their trust in you. Thank you that you've blessed them in so many ways to be able to study here and uh, you're preparing them not only for careers but opportunities to, um, to go and be witnesses in the communities in which you will plant them. And so, Lord, I pray that you continue to prepare them for that, for those ministries that they will have in time uh, and that they already have. 
Lord, I pray that you would uh, bring blessing upon those ministries, that they would have opportunities to be a witness and a light for you. And uh, Lord, I pray for them particularly in this exam period. I pray that they might um, be able to recall what it is that they have learned. Uh, Lord, may they have a good balance of knowing that uh, in the end uh, this is just study and that they are secure, uh, not in their results, but secure in the faith that they have in you and the grace that has been shown to them in your son Jesus. So Lord, I pray for them during this period. I pray that they would indeed sleep well, rest well, study hard, and Lord, be able to enjoy all your good gifts. And may they bring glory to your name in all that they do and say and think. And this I ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen.